The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right, you're you're struggling one in four New York Giants face the, the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in Orchard Park. Doesn't get any easier for the Giants. I don't know who John Mara and Brian Dable ticked off in the NFL front office, but their schedule to begin the NFL season has been brutal. And, and unfortunately, the nation is going to be subjected to the Giants for the fourth time in six weeks in prime time on Sunday night. And, and anyway, here to help me... Uh, Breakdown Sunday's game is James Pennington of SB Nation's Buffalo Rumblings. James, thanks for for hopping on. Not a problem, sir. I appreciate you having me. And uh, what are you doing wearing a Cardinals shirt? What are you doing? So, so I live in Phoenix, and uh, you know I'm a Bills fan, born and raised in Buffalo. Moved out here about three years ago, and um, so it, it's just one of those things. I'm, I'm out here. I pay taxes here. I got season tickets, so I support them. But the Bills are my squad, a hundred. Hundred percent. There you go. One of one of our guys, Nick Filato, actually lives out in uh, out in the Arizona area area these days too. So nice. I don't know. I don't know what it is about about that area. You know, but uh, but yeah, I had I had to ask about that about that Cardinals shirt. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? And it was free, so that was the thing. The Cardinals <laughs> actually, when you get your season tickets, they well, so it's not free. You got season tickets, but they send you, uh, and it's a pretty nice quality hoodie. I'm like, I throw it on this morning for for a good talk. <laughs> Oh man, and, and and Giants fans only get a small Pepsi, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know that's 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 interesting. I'm sorry, Giants fans. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh man, uh, I just I, I I I couldn't help it. I had to I had to throw that in there. Sorry, John Mara, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but you probably should be. But you know, but sorry about that, John. <laughs> They got to step it up. You're the New York Giants, man. You're in the biggest market in the in the country. You know, he has to step it up for his fans. He has to. Yeah, and and the Giants need to step it up on the field these days. Yes. Last year offered the Giants offered Giants fans a lot of hope, a lot of optimism. 9-7 and 1, they won a playoff game. You know, first time in 5 years they had been in the playoffs. Offered 
some optimism that things were beginning to turn around and the beginning of of this season just has left a lot of people disillusioned. And, and James, I guess what I want to talk to you about isn't necessarily the, the Giants play on the field, but let's talk about Brian Dayball and Joe Shane. Let's talk okay. about about those two guys. First, let's talk about about Dayball. I mean, last year he wins coach of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and and this year, you know, people, there are Giants fans who who think he should probably be coaching a high school team somewhere. I mean, wow. just just your thoughts on on Dayball and and whether you know and, and what you think of him as an as an NFL head coach. Well, so I, I personally there's gonna be some bias here because I love Brian. You know, I think I think Coach Dayball is um He's second to none when it comes to being a leader. I think he's a, a coach's or a player's coach. And I think um, if you ever get the opportunity to spend any time around him, I think you can absolutely see why people gravitate to him. He's He has an electric personality and, um, you know, and he, he pulls, he, he gets every ounce of talent out of every player on your offense. And I just think that it, it's difficult to do um, in the league to get, it out of everybody on your team. Now this year I think is a little disappointing, you know, if you're a Giants fan, because like you mentioned last year, you go, um, what was it? Nine and eight and you make the playoffs and you win a playoff game and he wins coach of the year. But I think it was, it was an overachievement type of season. And I think, you know, with the the schedule that the team had versus this year, I think it was just a, a easier path to get to the playoffs and you surprise some people, which was fun, it, you know, and, and it's a great year. And it was something that I think Giants fans should enjoy, but, I think this year is more indicative of where the team actually is. And I think my only fear for Brian now as a, as a fan of him, as a, as a coach and, and him and as a football mind, typically, you know, in the NFL head coaches and GMs, they're judged by the quarterback's performance. And unfortunately, I think that they dedicated themselves or they committed themselves to Daniel Jones uh, for an extended period of time that, it might spell it might not be this year. I don't think that the Giants are going to let go of of these guys this year as far as the GM and the head coach. But I do think that, um, you know, I don't know if they'll make it for the entire time that they uh, have to sit under Daniel Jones's contract. If he continues to play this way, there just simply won't be an excuse for the team to maintain them or to, to retain their them as, you know, coach and GM. Yeah, I do think when you talk about Daniel Jones, I do think the smart thing that Joe Shane did, and we can talk about Joe a little bit as well, you know, having Joe having been Brandon Means assistant in in Buffalo. I do think the smart thing that that Joe did when he when he gave Jones this contract is that there's only two years of guaranteed money in it. So Absolutely. it's it's people questioned the amount, but but I always look at it and say, you know, look at what everybody else got. Look at what Lamar got and look at what Joe Burrow got and look at what, you know, what what all of these other guys are getting. And, and you know, these guys are obviously better quarterbacks. You more have a better resume than, than Daniel does. But for me, Daniel got mid-tier quarterback money. He got what starting quarterbacks in the NFL are going to get paid right now. And for me, I I thought it was a two-year, okay, show us that last year wasn't a fluke sort of contract. And and, and right now the problem is he's not playing well, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have a chance to play well either. The Giants have what's been the worst offensive line in football so far, which 
I think Brian Dable takes some accountability for that, but you don't have a chance to run an offense when you can't when you can't block anything. I agree. I agree. You know, when I when I so I went back and I watched every game um, and just just watching this team, you can tell that, you know, if there was more time for plays to develop properly, that Daniel Jones would look a little bit better. But I think part of the issue is, too, that is it's also Daniel Jones, you know, and because there's a lot of times I can't say a lot of times, but there are plays that I've seen where, you know, he, you know, kind of almost asks for the sack you know he'll run out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage a couple you know I saw that and uh you you just see bad decisions and 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 rushed throws a lot of times and and the thing about that is last year Daniel Jones if he does what he did last year then I think he could actually you know you can have a decent season what he did last year was typically he just tried to be a game manager he didn't try to overdo it he didn't try to he didn't try to be a a top five top 10 quarterback he just said okay well what's the play let me take what the defense gives me and let's let's ride that way and in doing so the offense moved the ball and I know it it hurts when Saquon Bark I get that you know Saquon Barkley missing is a huge piece for any team that he's on but I just like I said I think this year you're seeing Daniel Jones along with that offensive line, put your team in positions to lose versus keep yourself. Last year, he put he put the team in a position to stay in games late, and then they were able to win. So I just think it's different where this year, Brian Dayball led offense, not putting up, I mean, what was it, uh, three points against, I, I can go through the games, but I mean, you know, it was one week you didn't score any points, another week you scored three, another week, that just doesn't look like a Brian Dayball led offense. And I don't care if I was the quarterback, you're scoring 15 to 20 points with Brian Dayball as your head coach. Yeah, I yeah, and and you also have Mike Kafka there who's, you know, comes out of the Kansas City tree and mm-hmm. is a guy that's looked at as a potential future head coach. He's looked at as one of those bright young offensive minds that that everybody tends to look for these days as a head coach. So it is it is mystifying, and the Giants you know, obviously added Darren Waller and they added Jalen Hyatt, and they were optimistic. And I, I think – I tend to think that one thing leads to another. You know, bad offensive line play gets quarterbacks hit, which screws up internal clocks. And, and yes, you look at mistakes that Daniel Jones has made, and you wonder – you wonder sometimes how much of that is because he just doesn't trust what's happening in front of him and he's not processing clearly or thinking clearly. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for Jones because mm-hmm. because he hasn't been as good. But uh, you wonder, if, I, I think it's natural that one thing leads to another. True, true. It's a domino effect, especially when you're talking offensive line to quarterback. I mean, it's it's literally the the first line of protection for him so if he doesn't have that protection it's going to be tough and and I'm looking forward to seeing this offseason what you know the I want to see the direction that the team goes in is this going to be a heavy offensive lineman free agency class are you going to draft your first and second round pick offensive lineman or you know what is the direction that the team is going to go in are they going to value because as much as I love you know again I love Isaiah Hodgins and I love you know you have some players on the team that came kind of from the Buffalo, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to, they've played other places as well, but you got guys that have come to Buffalo that I've grown, you know, to love. So I look at the team, none of these guys are just involved at all this year. So are they going to get new receivers? Are they going, like, what, how are they going to support Daniel Jones or how are they going to support the team overall to take a step forward? Yeah. And the other question that Giants fans are beginning to ask, and I know that we're asking this week in our 
weekly SB Nation Reacts poll is if the Giants get to that point, if you're staring at a at a at a top five draft pick, do you with one year left of guaranteed money for Daniel Jones, do you have to bite the bullet and draft a quarterback? And I don't know yeah. that the Giants want to go down that road, but I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable have both basically admitted that I think they thought they were going to be there a year ago in the last draft. I think they were surprised by what they saw from Daniel Jones. So and I know that when I asked Joe about the fifth year option for Daniel Jones and, you know, versus giving him the contract that they gave, cause they turned down that fifth year option. And he said, if I'd have known then what I know now, if I'd have seen that first, I'd have, I'd have given him the fifth year option. And you know what, how, 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 how not hurtful, but I guess hurtful is a word I can use here, but how, how harmful is that to the psyche of your quarterback? You know, to, so you on, you hear you're the general manager of your team say, yeah, man, I wish I wouldn't have committed myself to this guy for a couple of years. I only would have really given him the one year to see what we got. Like mm -hmm. that, to me, that just shows that there's a lack of confidence from the front office Right now, with for everything I'm seeing within the fan base is split. Like, and it's a very polarizing subject. You know, um, it, either you love him or hate him. It seems like if you're a Giants fan. So, I don't know, man. That like to me, I, it reminds me of EJ Manuel back in the day with the Bills about a decade ago. The Buffalo Bills drafted him. Uh, we had a coach that just didn't believe in him. He talked publicly very badly about him. The guy went from a, you know, he wasn't a. He wasn't a great quarterback, but he moved the ball and he got the ball out. Then he started to become captain check down to where, you know, he just didn't trust himself. He didn't have confidence. And you know what? It actually almost kind of looks like Daniel Jones might be um, trying to play to not lose his job. And then in turn, because you're doing that, you're overthinking and, and you're making mistakes. And now you're going to ultimately lose your job at some point, whether it's this year or next year, you're going to lose your job because you're not playing well. That sucks. James, let's talk about the guy that plays quarterback for the Bills. And obviously, Brian Dable is a guy who you, you talked about his personality and, and, and all of that. And he's he's a great guy away from the podium, away from media scrums, away from all of that. But he does a really good Belichick. When he's when he's at the microphone in front of in front of reporters, you know, who are trying to get information from him, he gives he gives nothing. Mm -hmm. He was asked the other day about Josh Allen. He went on and on, and his voice rose, and he he almost got emotional. and And I'll be honest with you, it's the first time in forever that I can remember Dable not answering a question with his little monotone. I'm just going to stand here and say words that don't mean anything kind of, kind yeah. of phrase. And it's obvious how much Brian Dable loves Josh Allen and has to come to terms with the fact that Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen, but mm -hmm. just, just talk about, you know, talk about Josh Allen, talk about, you know, maybe the work that Dable did with him and, and where things are right now with uh, with Allen and, and the Bills. Well, 
it first it's clear that um Brian Dabo loves Josh Allen like a son you know and and so I know that he left and he took the head coaching job because that's the dream of every offensive coordinator right and defensive coordinator to be a head coach but um I can I can say for for certain that he completely and thoroughly enjoyed his time with Josh Allen as his quarterback. And, you know, and it's not even just for the things where everybody, you know, you would look and say, oh, well, yeah, Bills fans think he's a lead and we think this and we think that. The thing is, if you are Josh Allen is one of the most just he's one of the most enjoyable people to be around and it's really tough. It's really tough to not like the guy when, when you meet him. And Brian has a similar personality so the two of them really hit it off this season um i'm a little concerned about certain things that i'm seeing out of josh last year i think he he played well but it was a transition for our offense moving on from brian dayball to ken dorsey i think this year we're starting to see a little bit better of an offensive game plan when you're looking at the run game uh last week was the first week that the bills had no run game to support the offense um james cook had negative five yard or negative four yards on five carries just a horrible outing and when that happens josh allen tends to put more things on his shoulder and he tries to do too much and last week first three quarters of the game he just didn't look like josh allen he didn't play well he was forcing things um, I, I don't think I remember as many punts in any game now at this point for a couple of years for this team. And that's saying something, you know, when the offense moves the ball that way and then you you get this guy and you look at the end of the game, the stats is like, oh, he's 360 yards plus and two touchdowns and uh, one on the ground. You would think that's a great day. But, you know, it was l a little too late in, in that fourth quarter. He looked like Josh Allen, but we need that to be consistent from quarter one to quarter four. And. So I'm this weekend, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Buffalo Bills will, you know, come out and, and attack this defense. It's one of the I think the defense, I think, is ranked 29th right now against the run. I would like to see James Cook get more involved so Josh Allen can get back to the play action pass. Last week, we had no play zero play action passes. Josh Allen is ranked first in the NFL in completion percentage and quarterback rating. Any metric that you can think of. I, he is literally ranked first this season in all of those metrics on play action passes, but we got away from it because the run game was bad. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think, I think, um, you know, it's exciting that, that as a bills team that hasn't had a good quarterback since Jim Kelly, it's exciting <laughs> that Josh Allen is this good. And, and that, you know, he's such a, and that he's such a, you know, he's such a big personality too, right? Like now it, I've never as a Bills fan been able to turn on the TV at random moments and see my quarterback, you know, on CBS when it's not Sunday for football or, you know, I'm watching, I don't know, MTV Music Awards and there's a video of jo or a commercial of Josh. Allen. So it's just cool experience as a fan of the Bills. But, but man, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned, not about this game in particular, but this season, I'm concerned about the consistency that we're seeing out of the play calling and out of the execution from Josh Allen. Let's talk a little bit about the game. As I said at the top of the show, this is the fourth time that the Giants have been on primetime television in six weeks. And I think national NFL fans are probably – getting sick of watching the Giants and wondering why on God's green earth the networks thought putting the Giants on was a good idea. <laughs> they've lost in the three games they've been on primetime. They've lost by a combined 94 to 15 score. It's just, it's brutal. I think they've scored one touchdown in those three games. Um, 
And I guess what I want to ask you, when you look at this game, Giants are beat up. They had eight players, Mm -hmm. seven possible starters, including Daniel Jones, including star left tackle Andrew Thomas, including their starting center, including Wandale Robinson, um, a couple of defensive players who, who didn't practice on Wednesday. Saquon Barkley hasn't played since week two, and he's still iffy as far as whether he'll be able to play on Sunday. You know, if I'm Barkley, considering the state of the Giants offensive line and, and a backup quarterback, I might say, uh, Brian, maybe next week. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but if if the Giants are going to keep this one close, uh, what does that look like? Does it kind of have to be fluky or is there actually something that they can do offensively or defensively? to, to kind of keep this game at least within range and, and not embarrass themselves on national television again. Well, I'll tell you what, what you want to do is exactly what the Giants did in the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills back in the 90s. You want to keep this offense off the field. You want to control the clock. So you run the ball. If your offensive line can get together this time and say, you know what, we're going to protect Barkley or Brita and we're going to make this thing happen. And you're able to actually chew that clock up. And if you're able to get down into the red zone and and actually find Darren Waller or actually get your running backs into the end zone, I think that's going to be your best line of defense this week. Because like you mentioned, your team is beat up and, you know, it's, it's one of the, the bills have, have a, a little bit of an injury concern too on defense or a lot. Really, we lost three stars on our defense, but the Giants are absolutely beat up. And, you know, you almost feel for the team because you come into the season with expectations and then, you know, your biggest player goes out and then half, half the team goes out. So it's, it's really actually a realistic expectation now, if you're looking at it with all the injuries to say, yeah, we're one and four. Uh, but I think if you run the ball, I think you can keep the game close. And and again, last season, that's what that's how Brian Dayball was so successful, keeping the game close and, and not trying to do too much. And then at the end of the game, hey, if we got if we make good play, if we make a play on defense or if the ball is in our hands on offense and we do have a Saquon Barkley or if we do have, you know, whatever whatever guy is hot that week in the passing game, if there's a guy that's hot, we got to we got to get him the ball. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking to see how, how they handle it this week. If they can keep it close, you know, and, and keep Josh Allen off the field, I think it could be a game. I think I read the Bills lead the league in, in quarterback sacks. Am I correct? I believe we're second now, second. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. <laughs> but I know the Giants have given up the most sacks in the league. Right. And it's been ugly beyond just the sack numbers. Uh, give me. I'm going to give you an over and under. Eight. Eight quarterback sacks. What do you, what do you think? I'm actually going to take the under this week. And the reason being, um, last week we, we lost Daquan Jones, which was a huge loss. Um, Matt Milano last week, which was a huge, like it's a monumental loss to lose a player of Matt Milano's caliber. And with that being the case, those two guys combined plug up holes in a way that allows for guys to get to the quarterback or they chew up blocks that allows guys like AJ Epinesa or, you know, Groot to get to the quarterback. And I know we got Von Miller back now. But last week we saw them slowly try to work him in. I don't think that obviously I think he's healthy. He's cleared to play, but I just don't think that he's quite Vaughn yet. You know, so I don't think we're going to get that production out of Von Miller yet that that we want until hopefully, you know, 
hey, if we don't get it into the playoffs, I'm fine as long as we're there. But I just don't think we're going to get the same production out of that defensive line that we were getting for the first five weeks of the season. I still think we we get to Daniel Jones. I just don't think it's you know a healthy dose like like we have been. All right. Um, you know, it's funny because I asked uh, a couple of the Giants offensive linemen. I was I was in the locker room the other day and I and I said, you know, I said, how how hard is this to play offensive line when, you know, guys are showing up in the huddle to to play next to you and you have to kind of shake hands and introduce yourself in the huddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the situation that the Giants have been in. They're they played two guys off the practice squad last week. They're playing a guard at left tackle. They're playing a they're playing a guard at center these days. They're they're playing uh, you know they're they've been playing a a guy that missed all of last missed his entire rookie season, you know to a torn ACL. They're playing a, him at at right guard. So it, it it's been a mess. I think uh, I, I think the Giants would take just some some modicum of of progress on on Sunday as a, as a good sign. Yeah, no, for sure. That that makes sense. But, but you know, that's a Bobby Johnson led offensive line. And um, without I don't want to I don't want to sound too negative or anything like that. But I just personally, I don't know if I if I really um, if I really think that was the right move as far as an offensive leader the, for the line for your team. I just, and I know the relationship with Brian Dabo, obviously from his time in Buffalo, and then just throughout the league, you know, that they're both their times in the league. But I'm just not, I'm not convinced that Bobby Johnson is a, is a really good offensive line coach. His time in Buffalo, pretty much almost the same thing. And we had solid players. We have really our offensive line right now still has three of the same guys that was here when Bobby was here, and we're performing at a completely different level. We look so much better. Um, and I, I don't know if it's a technique thing. I don't know if it's you know, players wanting to, I'm not sure what it is, motivation or what, but I think, I think Bobby just doesn't quite get the players to the the place that they need to be and prepared on a week to week basis, whether that's health wise, whether that's making sure that these guys are doing what they need to do to be healthy for game day, or whether that's when you're playing, you don't let Daniel Jones get sacked nine times or 11 times in one night. I, I think, you know, we really, at some point, that conversation, if it's not already happening, that conversation needs to to come up. Let me ask you about another guy on that Giants coaching staff that Brian brought from Buffalo. Uh, the quarterback's coach for the Giants is Shea Tierney. Um, any thoughts on Tierney? I know he was a lower-level assistant in Buffalo. I think the highest he was was assistant quarterback's coach. Mm-hmm. Just any any thoughts on on Tierney, because you you do see regression with Daniel Jones, and you see some regression this year with with his ball security. And, and I've had I've had people question, you know, well, what is the quarterbacks coach doing? You know, what mm-hmm. what is the quarterbacks coach responsible for helping him? And and it's impossible to judge a quarterbacks coach because we don't see them on a day to day basis. It's impossible to judge what they do you know, on a day-to-day basis, just thought, if you have any thoughts on Tierney, you know, during his time in Buffalo, I think we'd, we'd appreciate to hear those. Yeah. I think, I think he's a good, he's a good, he's a good mind. He's very smart. And I think that, you know, he put himself in the right position relationship wise when it came to Brian Dayball, obviously Uh, he's, he's taken that step up now in his career. And I think that's good for him. But again, it's tough to, it's tough for me to blame, 
the quarterback's coach for for any type of performance like you alluded to earlier when your offensive line is so beat up you 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 won't even allow daniel jones a lot of times to really you can't get a five-step drop out of him before he's hitting the back so um you know there it's tough to judge him in what his job has been but I th- I think that you you have a gem. I think you have somebody there that can develop and eventually become an offensive coordinator somewhere. I just think that right now it's just a rough situation in New York right now. And I think, you know, it, it, everybody's looking at everybody and it's like, oh, this guy isn't doing what-. It, it's just a rough time to, to be a Giants fan. That's all. Let me ask you this before we uh, before we kind of make our predictions and, and wrap the show up here. When when Brandon Bean took over in Buffalo, you guys had kind of a similar experience in Buffalo where in year one, sort of overachieved, I think things were pretty good. I, if I remember correctly, you guys made the playoffs the first year. And then the second year, there was some regression. Maybe not to the extent that we're seeing with the Giants this year, but just looking back on that experience, looking back on the way things went those first couple of years and and have turned out since, can you offer the Giants fans who are, you know, at at, at wit's end at this point because they expected better in 2023, can you offer them any sense of long-term optimism? Yeah, absolutely. If you if you stick with these guys, if you stick with Joe and you stick with Brian, it's going to pay off. Like these guys have I don't want to say it because they came from Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott's coaching and GM tree now, but it's the same blueprint. The only the only area that you guys changed instead of drafting a quarterback in that second year, you 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 know, retained Daniel Jones as your coach or your uh quarterback. That's the only that's the only difference. I do think that, you know, for this weekend, since we're kind of going towards the the prediction aspect of, of the show I think you might have a better chance at winning this weekend if Tyrod's your quarterback and I, and I don't know if Daniel I know he's had the neck injury and he didn't practice Wednesday so I don't know you know how it's going to be if he's going to be healthy enough to come to play come Sunday night but I think you know you saw you saw when Tyrod came into the game and I know that it was different it was a situation where Daniel Jones got injured so the team didn't have time to prepare for him so it was just a different situation in general but there was a, a, a slight spark and you saw the offense kind of move the ball you know it wasn't enough obviously to to impress anybody to say oh the, the Giants are here now but if you watch and pay attention enough to the football game you you could see a difference in the way the offense looked with Tyrod at the quarterback. So I would actually like to see, and I love Tyrod. He's the, he's the quarterback that broke the drought for the Buffalo bills in that year that you're talking about uh, when Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott got there. So no, I I love Tyrod and I I would love to see him uh, start in Orchard Park this Sunday night. All right. And, and as you mentioned, we, we have pretty much reached the, uh, the prediction portion of our show. And, and that of course is sponsored by, DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 
21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. All right, James, the, the spread on this game is 14 at, at DraftKings. As I have written in, in my prediction for Big Blue, there's there's not a chance I can pick the Giants to win this game. As beat up as they are, you know, they're they're not as good as the Bills, even with it with a with a full roster, although I think they have a chance to be competitive with Andrew Thomas playing and Saquon playing mm-hmm. and, a, and and their regular starting center playing. Um but I look at this game and I think I think the Giants fan base, and I think the Giants themselves would feel good if they simply make this a game into the fourth quarter, if they actually look like a football team, if they don't embarrass themselves again. So, I mean, I, I'm just curious, do you see do, do you see any way, you know, that the Giants stay in this game? And really, I'm not even going to ask you for a, a, a money line for a one-loss prediction. I'm going to ask you to, to, to pick the spread. Okay. Um, wow. So I think first, if, like I mentioned earlier, if the Giants can come out and run the ball and if they, they have to score early. So the Buffalo Bills typically aren't the best at defending scripted drives. So we normally do give up some points in that first quarter and then uh, the defense figures it out and we kind of clamp down for the Giants. You got to, keep the bills guessing and we got to do some things in the run game and the short passing game. That's going to keep them on their heels. Maybe try some hurry up offense or something like that, just to kind of, just to kind of get the defense on their heels. But honestly, I don't, I don't see it being close and it's not, um, I love the giants. So I even hate giving these type of predictions because it's almost embarrassing to say in a professional game, a team will be beat in a certain way. The spread is 14. Uh, It opened at 14 and a half. I think, I think Vegas kind of knows what they're doing here. I, I'm going to go. I, I know you didn't want a, a score or I guess, but but actually I've been predicting this week. I've been saying the Bills uh, 35 or 38 to probably 17 or 20. And and mm-hmm. and I feel like that's being generous with what I've seen out of the Giants <laughs> offense this year. And I hate it, saying that because I love it, Brian, but I feel that way, man. It, it, it actually is generous, to be honest with you. And I think if the Giants manage to reach 20 points, how many, how many, I think, how many times have the Bills actually given up twenty this year? Once, I think twice. So far. twice. I yeah. I think I I think uh, I think the Giants would the Giants fan base would take reaching twenty points. I think they'd be happy about that. <laughs> so, which which is unfortunate. You know, I just I do think it, it's unfortunate what's happened to the Giants. I mean, even if Saquon plays, he's not going to be the the Saquon that we know he can be. Right. Um, yeah, Andrew Thomas is a terrific left tackle. They have a you know a starting center, a rookie starting center who looks like he could do the job and he's probably not going to play either. It's just it, it it's a mess, it's ugly and you know it, and and I don't know that I don't know that there's that there's a there's a a short-term fix in sight for the Giants at least when it comes to uh to to keeping a quarterback upright. So so I don't see much hope this- either. Can I ask this really quickly? So with with the way the season's going, at at what point do you maybe say as a team, like, okay, well, we got the the one-year deal done with Saquon. Maybe maybe at this point you look to get something for him 
or or maybe not just him, but I mean, just at what point do you feel like they say for the season? All right, we're not going to we're not going to turn this around. Let's let's see if we can get some capital for the draft or let's see if we can look to start to improve going forward. Oh, I think that that's definitely got to be on the table. And I think that, you know, most likely they'll be one in five after Sunday night. And I think that has to be on the table. I think it, the, the Saquon Barkley situation with the Giants is so interesting because you know the philosophy that Brian and, and Joe come from. Mm-hmm. And that philosophy is we're building a quarterback-centric offense. We're not building a running back-centric offense. We're not building our football team around a running back. The Giants drafted Saquon number two overall a few years ago. John Mara loves Saquon Barkley. John Mara would be crushed if the Giants moved on from Saquon Barkley, but it might very well be the best thing for the football team. If they could, if they could, and they're not going to get a Christian McCaffrey deal for Saquon, not with the number of injuries that Saquon's had. Not with the kind of production that Saquon's had over the last the last few years. Not with the fact that he's coming off another injury this year. But you might be able to turn Saquon Barkley into a couple of mid-round picks. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to take those mid-round picks and package them with your number one and maybe go up higher in the draft. If you, you know, if you're if you're sitting at 10, you might be able to go up and get the guy that you want at three or four. Yeah, You know, you might be able to do that. So I think it has to be a consideration. I think it has to be, you know, you might be able to tell me, I don't know how many other players the Giants have who who would really draw interest from good teams. Adoree Jackson is a good corner, but he's got a $13 million contract this year. Um, Leonard Williams is a good player, but his cap hit this year is 30-some-odd million. It's the highest cap hit in the league for a non-quarterback. I don't know how many other players they have that that good teams that who would be looking to add, you know, might might want to go after. You know, I don't know if there's anyone else on the roster who who jumps out at you as a as a player who who teams might want to might want to uh, to ask about Darius Slayton maybe, I'm not sure. Slayton maybe I could see uh you, you just got Waller so I couldn't see you you all moving on from him. Uh, you know, I guess maybe you're right. I know Bills fans, we miss Isaiah Hodgins and he's not being used much. I don't know if the Bills would take him back, but I know uh, fans have been clamoring for him. Uh, I think there's there's some young talent. It just, again, this year, it just is rough, man. The injuries and just the way the year played out. So you you can't even really put things on film to, to make trades, you know? So yeah, right. no, I, I get you. I get you. I, I think the big question is, and I know we did a poll a couple of weeks ago about, you know, if the Giants are in that situation, you know, would the fan base be, be okay with trading Saquon Barkley? And I think overwhelmingly the answer is yes. I think John Mara would hate the idea, but you've got a running back who's had a torn ACL and basically now is on his third major ankle injury in, you know, in the last four years when he hasn't had a torn ACL, <laughs> you know? So yeah. he's he's had a lot of lower leg injuries and he wants a lot of money. And wow. and you're not and you don't want to build around him. It's 
it's really obvious that Brian and Joe don't want to build around him. So they wouldn't give him a they wouldn't give him a a big contract a, a year ago. They, they wouldn't even give him anything close to you know to the deal that Jonathan Taylor just got. Right. So I can't see them being willing to give it to him next off season either. So so I think I think trading him is on the table. And let me ask you this before we before we go. Is Buffalo a nice landing spot for him? Absolutely. Buffalo has been interested in, in Saquon Barkley for the last three years, so I don't see that changing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I somehow think that uh, that 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 Brandon Bean and Joe Shane could work out a deal if they wanted to. <laughs> I think they could. I think they can make something happen. We've seen we've seen a good relationship between the two teams over the last couple of years now, so I th- I think we could we could see something happen. All right, James. Hey, thank you very, very much for hopping on, folks. Please, uh, if you want the Bills' perspective on Sunday's game, check out Buffalo Rumblings. And, James, I know that you have a a plethora of podcasts that you do if you want to uh, to run down the list before we before we jump off here. Yes, for sure. So on Tuesdays, I do the Code of Conduct, and that's typically every week. is just me during the season where I recap the game from the, the previous week. Um, during the off season, I typically do interviews with uh, Bills players or, or coaches or beat reporters or or even people around the league. And then uh, Wednesday nights, I do Hump Day Hotline with Joe Miller. And Saturdays or Saturday nights is when the pregame rumblings show. So the show that uh, we just kind of alluded to here for Sunday that you will want to listen to if you want the perspective of, of the Bills fans or, or from a Bills angle. You can uh, jump on any platform you get your podcast on and search for pregame rumblings under Buffalo Rumblings, uh, part of the SB Nation family as well. And check it out. It's going to be a good show. All right. And uh, James, we appreciate the time. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.